Welcome, everybody, to episode 27 of Stupid or Irresponsible. I am Justin Shelley, CEO of Master Computing. I'm Joe Milo, CIO of Master Computing. Joe, uh, how's your week been? Anything exciting or interesting happened to you so far? Uh, just been the normal grind, I guess. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Same old, same old. Well, that sucks. <laughs> you don't have, suck. no, have anything exciting at no, all to talk about? that suck. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, no, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> In a security researcher's uh, world, yeah, no. Yeah, but what no about news personal? Is very good news. Personal life, something interesting in the uh, home personal front. Personal life, um, mm, mm, not much. Same old grind there too. Wedding huh? season, so yeah, a week goes by, and here goes another weekend, another wedding, another yeah, yeah, yeah social obligations, blah. Hey, my wedding's next week. Hey, yeah, congratulations! Finally, time <laughs> the knot, huh? <laughs> kind of do over i guess we're calling it vow renewal so i guess that's the most exciting thing that's gonna happen to me that's awesome how, how many years 25 25 25 uh, years of that a quad centennial what is that? Uh, well, i don't know <laughs> i call it a quarter of a century but there you know you yeah <laughs> i also call it 25 years of wedded bliss Jeez. and folks if you don't want my formula just uh hit me up after hours um that's crazy. Involves, I don't know that I know somebody for 25 years, aside from family. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's intense. We've been together longer than we were ever single. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an accomplishment. It also makes me feel really old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we leave tomorrow. Right. Leave tomorrow for Dominican Republic, nice. and we're going to be there for a week. And on Tuesday, we do our vow renewal. <laughs> I guess that means we're promising to do 25 more years. Hey, man. I don't know. That'll work. We'll see what happens, huh? That's awesome. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> All right. Well, Joe, um, we've been at this for a little over a year, as we just determined. Yeah. Talking about stupid things people do, irresponsible things like people that. do. I know, right? It is crazy. <laughs> and here we are. So today we're going to be breaking down some more eh, cybercrime, I guess, the, the craziness that goes on in the world. We're going to break down stupid things people do. We're going to talk about really what we're here to do is prevent people from doing stupid things. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of the point of it. So on that note, why don't we jump right in and tell me, uh, you have any updates from our last headlines from last week? Uh, yeah, we're a little late on this, uh, yeah. but a little while back. Uh, so just to catch everybody up, uh, Colonial Pipeline uh, was breached, the ransomware attack. Uh, they ended up paying a four some odd million dollars in Bitcoin uh, to get recovered. Even though they had backups, they just uh, did some cost analysis, decided and determined that it would be faster um, to just pay the ransom than it would to restore from backups Crazy. Uh, because they didn't have, you know, all the right setups. They had backups. Yeah. They had a check mark, but they hadn't, didn't have the real deal. Instant image, you know. Got to be testing these restore procedures. Definitely. I don't know that they're not. I'm just saying that. A lot of lessons. A lot of lessons yeah. learned. Um, they haven't officially confirmed it, but one of those kind of things where they wink, wink, highly believe um, to determine that the breach was caused by a an old VPN client, an oh, old, uh, really? old VPN user account that wasn't disabled, mm -hmm. uh, and it was made prior to 2FA multi-factor authentication enablement. Um and then through there, spread with a spoofing attack, internal, yada, yada. Uh, so that was one. But the, the big news, uh, Department of Justice, the U.S. Department of Justice said that it recovered two and a half mil uh, of the Bitcoin sent to the dark side. Oh, really? Um, and so they're saying this is the, uh, oh, what they call that? This is their cut, right? So in, in these kind of things where it's uh, ransomware as a service, you've got the developer cut, which they're saying right now is around 15%. 
And the other 85%, which is, represents this two and a half mil, um, was for the actor, basically, the, the, the client. And they got that back. Yes. Uh, so this is all kind of gray area. I don't want to get in the political aspect yeah. of it. Um, but it was stored locally here in uh, California. <coughs> well, locally in the States. Yeah. And so they just seized that. They traced all the, because Bitcoin, you can kind of trace every transaction, traced it to a bank in California and seized it. The untraceable Bitcoin. They yeah. trace it down. And well, unhackable. <laughs> yeah, Here's yeah. the big thing. So they used a private key that the FBI uh, just went out there and grabbed, which is a gigantic thing to have. You cannot unencrypt these things. Right. Um, Yet. How did they determine what that key was? Who did they steal it from? Who? Yeah, no, mm -hmm. Those are a lot of big questions. Were they involved? A big question. Uh, yeah. So, Ooh. anywho. Yeah, they got the money back, gave it back to the oils, uh, to uh, Colonial. I had not heard that. Yeah. That's pretty Yeah. Pretty badass. I mean I yeah. I mean, I mean it, it, right. Right. Minus all the uh, gray area <laughs> that you're referencing. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's a decent update. Yeah. Okay, so sandwiched between our update and then our current headlines, we have a security tip, Joe. And uh I'm gonna let you run with this, but I just see the title being Lie, lie, lie. And, yeah. Uh, Joe, we're not supposed to lie. Lying's bad. I've been taught my whole life. So <laughs> you're here to tell me we're supposed to lie? Well, maybe full of shit, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, don't fall for this. Promise me. Um, social engineering's big business. What is it? Figuring out who you are and then using that information to make money off it, right? Yep. So people list password challenge and identity, uh, identity verification publicly on their Instagram, Twitter, Facebook pages, feeds, uh, without giving it a second thought. What's your maiden name? You know, check, you know, your favorite pet. You know, you got an Instagram picture. Oh, hell yeah. Wally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you're renewing your vows. Maybe she's, uh, you know, listen, you know, hey, you know, 25 years ago, I was a uh, blank and now I'm a uh, Shelly. Right. Yeah. Uh, Shelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're high school. Maybe you're with your high school clique. Uh, you know, the town you grew up in sharing some old pics. You know, you've got your old uh, towny friends. You know, favorite or first car, you know, throwback Thursday. You know, it's all these questions that are your backup. Yeah, your super uh, secret uh, question that nobody is going to be able to guess. To reset your password and get logged What's in. your mother's maiden name? Well, Jesus, a Google <laughs> search will tell that for anybody exactly. on the planet. Come exactly. on. You know, um, so ways to combat this. Uh, you know, you don't either, A, you know, you don't post any information online anywhere. You know, don't buy a phone. Right. Don't sign up for any social media whatsoever. You know, basically live off the grid. So A is not happening. No. Okay. So here we go with B. Always giving a false password and identity challenge and verification information to the sites and services that require it. Keep the answer file offline. Uh, you know, don't broadcast it. Don't throw That's it kind of an interesting idea, actually. I kind of like that one. Oh, B. yeah. I don't like A, but I like B. Yeah, definitely. I had never thought to do that, honestly. Well, you know, it's actually our policy. If you go running through our policies... And the trick is that you keep a note, but kind of keep it same. Um, and this is what we do across all our accounts, at least. And we kind of advise that. Uh, we probably could do a better idea about sending that out to our clients. But um, I basically, what I do personally, and you can do, make your own method or whatever, but um, I know that my pet is always the actual street name. The street name is always the pet. Okay. Uh, town I grew up is always uh, the school, first school. Um, and just kind of keep that in your mind, and that way... And you just gave the formula away to everybody, by the way. Well, I mean, it, to go it back differs. It differs. Beep that out. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And also, guys, don't give away your secrets on a podcast. <laughs> Secret security tip of the day. Yep. <laughs> Update your policies also. <laughs> well, crap. Um, yeah, so lie, lie, lie. Okay. Brilliant. When you're giving your, uh, yeah, when you're answering or setting up these questions, yep. lie about the answer. And by the way, MFA would prevent, even if you've got all that stuff. Uh, yeah. you got MFA that's got to text your phone or send it a, you know, a, I hate to say duo, just to broadcast them, but they're great 2FA or yeah. MFA solution. Uh, you know, has, has a prompt on your phone where you just click allow or reject. I'm going to throw out that uh, this is just a public service announcement to all the people developing software and websites and everything else. And they're trying to secure, for fuck's sake, can we quit doing these stupid security questions and answers? <laughs> this is 1980s stuff. Yeah, I mean, I see both sides of it. It's always the security versus convenience side. No, I'm just saying there's better better security than asking somebody what their mother's maiden name is. That's fair. Like, seriously, this is outdated and needs to stop immediately. <laughs> I was just signing up. I don't even remember what it was. It was, I think it was a government site. Oh, no. Which didn't, you know, like, that's a surprise. Yeah. Um, and I had to answer, I think it was 10. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't have 10 of these stupid ass questions that they're giving me to pick from. Yeah. I can't answer 10 of them. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't 10. It was six, whatever it was. It was a number that I didn't have answers. Right. And I don't currently have a formula, although I just wrote yours down for, uh, <laughs> for, for falsifying or lying about my secret security questions yeah. and answers. So I'll get on that though. <laughs> until we can get the developers to update their game, hey, man. which seriously needs to happen. Low ride. Yeah. All right. I'm That's done. funny. Uh, that, it kind of brings me before we hop into it. I've got another funny. Uh, okay. Uh, this will be my uh, exciting thing of the week. Um, so we're retiring a printer for a medical office. Mm. And uh, so our protocol is we go destroy the printer, but um, beforehand we have to pull out the hard drive. Um, for HIPAA requirements, we got to destroy it and we get a certificate of destruction. As I go to pull out the hard drive, I notice a label on it. It says Department of Justice, Oof. destroy immediately. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so apparently uh, this printer, um, you know, it's a gigantic, very expensive printer that uh, most, if not all, companies kind of lease or buy. Uh, had swapped hands from the Department of Justice, a secure, you know, no-telling facility that ha handles, uh, you know, crazy stuff. Uh, and then went into a medical practice. Um, now, granted, it was encrypted, uh, it, but I, it wasn't destroyed. Anybody so were you able to find any data on there? I'm not going to say any of that. Okay. But <laughs> I will say that, you know, with the right software that anybody can find for free, uh, you can decrypt that. Yes. Um, in fact, in plain text, it had the uh, unencrypted, the decryption key. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so, uh, you know. Wow. Yeah. Good job, somebody. Right. Somebody. Uh, so yeah. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna just guess. I'm not gonna just blanket statement. Put this on the Department of Justice. This is probably a third party vendor responsible for this. Well, most definitely. But uh, but it's missing a check and balance somewhere. I'll tell you this. Even if, well, I, the printer was owned by the or was leased by the medical facility afterwards. Right. And. If it were left to their own devices, I guarantee the same thing would have happened. It would have passed hands again. Correct. They would have flipped it on sure. Craigslist or Facebook or something like yep. that. Um, yeah, Craigslist dates you. They don't do that anymore, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's what your grandpa used to use to sell something. Hey, man. <laughs> I bought plenty of uh, Commodore 64 on that thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> plenty of Abacus. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, left your own devices. You know, very sensitive information. Uh, which, by the way, a printer will save every document that you ever print, scan, copy right. on it in their buffer. Uh, so it's basically just moving files on there. So everything that's ever been printed on your printer, guess what? It's host. It's living it's on the hard drive. Hard drive. Yeah. So until you wipe that, that thing is vulnerable as heck. So yeah. be wary. And also uh, contact your IT company whenever you're trying to get rid of stuff. Don't just flip computers. Don't right. flip printers. Um, you know, you think you wiped it, but you really didn't. You just added an extra zero in the hard drive, not to get too granular. Right. It's really easy to recover data that way. And if you're going to throw it over to the IT company, make sure they have a process for wiping your data. Yep. Uh, certificate of destruction is right. a big thing. Um, you know, it proves that this thing was demolished. There is no physical or logical way to retrieve that data. Well, and I, w I would argue that what it does is transfers liability. Absolutely. It doesn't really prove anything, but it does transfer That's liability. Fair. That's fair. Absolutely. <laughs> In this day and age, boy, <laughs> it'll shut you down quick. So anyway, I do want to move into the headline. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so right after Colonial hit, uh, we had another big breach. Uh, this was with JBS. Uh, they own like Pilgrims. So if you've ever had like Pilgrims fried uh, chicken. Oh, okay. okay. Leading meat distributor yeah. or meat processor, excuse me, uh, for the U.S. and, you know, elsewhere. Uh, they got breached. Uh, same kind of thing. Uh, they believe it was Revel, uh, which is kind of the, the base of, you know, it's loosely tied to what hit, hit uh, Colonial. Uh, so targeted attack. Uh, they still haven't, you know, given a whole lot of information, a lot less information than we got from Colonial. Uh, their initial response was, uh, quote, company swift response, robust IT systems, encrypted backup servers allowed a rapid recovery. <laughs> uh, that was the press release on the 3rd. Uh, later on the 10th, uh, they confirmed they paid $11 million <laughs> of the demanded 22 and a half to prevent the stolen data from being leaked. So this was an issue where... Oh, this is extortion. Past, this is... Right, exactly. Yeah. So we've kind of discussed this in the past where hackers will go in, uh, they'll steal your data, but not just uh, demand a ransom to unencrypt or decrypt your files, but another equally matched uh, ransom not to distribute customer or yep. employee data across the world. Um, and so that was the case here, um, allegedly, you know, this could be a little mix and match, but allegedly they, uh, you know, they had backup servers. They was, those were encrypted, you know, probably set separate from the network. You know, you had local and external. Um, however, uh, they did end up being paying 11 million, uh, just so it didn't get leaked. <laughs> Dang. Pretty it's wild. Just, I mean, listen, it's, if you're going to sit in the criminal's shoes, it's smart business. We start doing some really kick-ass backups and like, all right, well, watch this. Yeah. Hold my beer and watch this, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, Joe, and I know that you said there's not as much information out on this one yet, but if we go back to the uh, Colonial Pipeline, you're telling us that it's potentially a VPN that wasn't shut down or a user account that wasn't. Right. And so VPN client, uh, just briefly here, what those are is uh, they're a way for work from home users. I'm sure most of y'all are, are familiar um, to connect uh, logically to the internal network. So say you have some file shares on a file server sitting at the office. Maybe your phone has to connect to the server. Uh, this allows somebody elsewhere from your office uh, to have their computer think and act like it's uh, physically sitting next to the server or at your desk. So hypothetically speaking, there is a procedure that wasn't followed or a procedure that doesn't exist Right. That caused that to happen. So I'm just, and what I'm trying to do is dice, like, what can we learn from this stuff? So, well, so typically what happens is 
uh, IT departments specifically, you know, you've got your own little IT guy, or I, I hate to say little IT, your guy. own little IT you guy. Have, you have you just IT, carry him around in your pocket, IT guy, <laughs> and he's getting uh, inundated with thousands of tickets. You know, fix, 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 create this. We got a new user, make this account. Yep. Uh, so he's on the go. He's doing everything that's being asked of him. Unfortunately, there's no policy in place to uh, offboard a client or, or no oversight of the policy. Precisely. Enforcement of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or a second set of eyes. And uh, so what happens is somebody leaves the company and, oh, well, now I need to forward his account, you know, uh, lock down his account or maybe not. Uh, but things that slip through the cracks are, you know, deleting that account or disabling it. Uh, and there's multiple accounts. So you've got to log into your computer. You've got to log into the server. You've got a, you know, an email account probably. Um, you've got a VPN account specifically here yeah. if you're a work from home. All the uh, line of business applications that you yeah. use. So if you don't have a checklist, everything that somebody would have, an employee might have, uh, they very well may typically, or you know, even down the road, uh, someone, a related spouse, somebody that maybe you sold his, comp- they sold his personal laptop on, you know, on Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody fires up and says, hey, I wonder what this is. Exactly. Oh, uh, colonial yep. pipeline. And uh, here you go. Or in this in this instance, uh, a hacker that's maliciously yeah. targeting you and demanding $25 million and you're ended up paying over 10 So what we learn in that case is we've got to have better policies and procedures and better oversight over them. Yep. Correct? So on the uh, the more recent one here, this JBS, do we know anything that we can take as a lesson learned from that one? Or is it still too early? Uh, I wouldn't say early. I, I know that this was kind of the one between this one and the, uh, colonial breach is what kind of spawned the kicked off the, uh, private companies have to relay information to the government basically mm-hmm. to, uh, there's a lot of sideways ways that you can, uh, not announce a breach or right. not give details of that nature. Um, there are certain inner circles you can find, different forums where they'll give a little bit more dirt, although that's probably not pol- definitely not policy. And lawyers are telling them, shut up. Right. Yep. <laughs> don't don't yep. spread it, which, you know, has its good side and downside. The downside being, what do we learn? Uh, well, we don't know anything about it. So this is kind of the case here. They had a third party go in and fix it. Okay. Um, so there's not a whole lot. Of not a whole lot we can learn from this. Exactly. One. Usually if they're, if the company's having a release statement, it's because it already got leaked. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <clears throat> well, what else we got on the up, our headlines? Uh, a couple new headlines. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about Amazon Sidewalk. Yes. Oh, so that's- I, I had a family member kind of in a panic yeah. send me the message. Can you believe this? Look what's going on right now. Yeah. I was like, uh, oh, I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah, it's a it's a big clickbaity thing. I don't know if we discussed it on here. Uh, I don't think so. I've, uh, Maybe. I've discussed it at, at depth with some friends, I guess, and... We've gone through the code. We've gone through everything. Um, in my opinion, Amazon, they've done it right. Uh, the fear right now, Amazon Sidewalk, just briefly to explain to everybody what it is. Um, so th- this is like a, it, it keeps your Echo and your Ring devices connected and shared. So it shares devices, network connectivity uh, in the world. So these clickbait titles are all saying, you know, shared Wi-Fi, everybody's got yeah. access to everything, who would be scared? And I'm the first guy in the world. I know. You know, shut this shit down. Yeah. Secure it. Don't let anybody see anything. Uh, but I've gone through this, and Amazon really did their homework. They did things right. Um, so basically, I'll give you the lowdown here. So it, what it really is, it's, it's creating a low bandwidth network between, uh, you know, the sidewalk bridge is what they call it, 
uh, for Echo, like Echo, your ring, your security system, uh, your cameras. Um, and they share a small portion of your internet bandwidth, just a very small, like ridiculously small, smaller than what can actually pass any kind of actual traffic or any kind of data. There's no way you're noticing this. No. Um, and it's not like they're, they have, and they have zero access, zero access to, to the core network. Right. Um, this is just a small bit of Bluetooth or wireless technology that will keep your service up and running and talking if, say, there's a power outage. Uh, say ERCOT uh, shit the bed again. <laughs> well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> More on that. Um, yeah, it, and, you know, uh, you know, helps you find your lost dog, that kind of thing. But, yeah. I mean, it's super encrypted. Uh, you know. Uh, it's completely rubbish. segmented, right? I mean, this isn't going to. There, there's no bleed over into your person. None at all. In fact, saying. Amazon itself doesn't even have access. Right. Or the data or the networks. None, no, no, can like your camera is not connected technically to their camera, some your neighbor's camera. Right. It's, it's actually like in triplicate. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, like the Tor browser where it connects to another one and then to another one, and then to another one and then to another camera. Okay. And it's totally encrypted. You know, there's zero access to roaming Wi-Fi device data. Uh, it's fully encrypted. It's it's the real deal. They did it right. Okay. Uh, the beef, however, with everybody, and uh, you know, I also kind of have this beef, and it's a good question. It's it's a good debate. Is they enabled it by default, right? To disable it, like it's not like an opt-in program. They, if you have an Alexa or an Amazon account, they have enabled this by default, and so you have to actually manually go in there and uh, you know turn it off. Um, so I do see the beef there, but I also see that you know. They want to get this thing rolling. Uh, that you know, it does have a, a many good aspects to it, with not a lot of downside. And the thing is, most users aren't going to go into those settings. Most users, and that's what they, you know, that's what they thought. They want to build that. this thing up. You know, nobody's going to go in there and turn it off. Uh, but by that same token, you know, they want to get it started and get it really get it revved up. Who the hell's going to go in there and turn it on? Right. Uh, nobody. So else. exactly. So that was kind of that's kind of the maybe a bad PR move on their part. I would and, say, and definitely uh, the you know the lobbyists of the other companies that are trying to yeah, compete yeah. in that market, uh, they definitely have their you know the money in the back pockets of some of these media companies that are doing all this clickbait, right? Um, so, just want to point that out, show that out there. Uh, that's really all I had on the uh, okay Amazon side. Yeah, that's that's solid. All right, uh, here's some fun big news. <clears throat> so as we've discussed in the past, six years ago. Microsoft promised Windows 10 is the end-all, be-all operating system. Never going to change We it. knew it would never, they would never do another operating system. All it's going to do is twice a year, they're going to have a new fresh refreshment, you know, OS. Uh, and they've kind of kept to that for six years. But a couple days ago, Windows 11 has been leaked. <laughs> <laughs> so still not official, but it's... Uh... Yeah. Well, I, I guess now it is official. They, oh, okay. Like, odds are they've probably leaked it themselves. Gotcha. Uh, so I kind of played around with it. Uh, I got. I I would recommend first of all, nobody go out there and try to look for this because anywhere you get it, it's kind of cracked. It's uh, yeah, malicious sites. You know, are all over this stuff. This isn't an official Microsoft leak, so don't unless you know a lot of what you're doing. Uh, I wouldn't go hunting for this or downloading it because there's a lot of malicious people out there. Uh, but anywho, uh, I hopped on a VM uh, and booted to this thing. It's kind of neat. Uh, it. It, I'll, I'll tell you this, it looks a lot like Macs. 
Interesting. Uh, so a lot like, of like, well, so hold on right there. This is the first time in history that Microsoft has tried to copy something from Mac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of this before. <laughs> Sound the bell. They are always at the leading edge yeah. of so. innovation. They never copy. <laughs> this is weird. All right, go on. So a couple of uh, the main things here, uh, there's not a whole lot to it. They kind of rounded off the windows. Uh, the taskbar is now like in the middle, just like any other Macs. Uh, there is an option to kind of slide that over back to the left, but it looks like they're kind of looking for a Mac kind of taste. Um, I don't know. It's just a big Mac OS vibe. There's not really much else to it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Windows 11. <laughs> now they rounded it. So this is this is interesting to me because I very clearly remember in the in my early days in the computer world. Yeah. I fancied myself a web developer. Now, Joe, I am not. Uh, many people have confirmed this. I am not an artsy type person. But I do remember from those, day, those days that it was very common to round the corners of everything. Sure. We wanted ovals. We wanted rounded edges. Everything was soft and smooth. And then I remember the moment Microsoft went to this boxy tile kind of thing. And I was like, oh, dear God, what is this? This is hideous. Uh, now I've gotten used to it because that's what, yeah. you know, time and programming does to sure. us. And now, so I think it's just like styles always do. We're, we're cycling back. Just yeah, like absolutely. bell bottoms yeah, are popular exactly. again. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm holding out for Jinkos. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're recycling previous styles. It yeah, sounds exactly. Like. And then if you, you know, you go back to original, it, it, they were all boxes. Right. It was what's so revolutionary. You have windows. Right. But they're just square boxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just like that. Yes. Yeah. Square, round, square, round. Here we go. Just keep it, keeping it fresh. Oh, that was another thing. So they changed the logo finally. So Microsoft they, did? So, yeah. So the Windows logo for like the start bar uh, since Windows 8. So 8, 8, 1, yeah. 10. Uh, it's been this logo kind of like slanted and kind of crazy. Right. So now it's four rectangles. They're all square. It's all symmetric. Um, hmm. Yeah. Okay. Something else. Good yeah, for them, I guess. A lot of design. We haven't updated our logo in like 20 years. <laughs> Maybe it's time. I don't hey, know. Did you get it right the first time? Uh, that's what I'm saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's that's really all I have for the week. Uh, gonna be exciting. There's a lot of there's a lot of new news about some other breaches. I'm excited to talk about next week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll kind of get into that. Good. He's there. Well, hell then. Let's uh, let's just wrap this thing up Joe. sure i do want to tease everybody with next week's uh it topic uh these easy steps will keep your phone safe so okay pretty pretty relevant information everybody's got a phone will it keep your phone from falling off of your motorcycle well, i'll tell you next week okay i'm looking forward to that one because i'm currently using a new phone guys <laughs> <laughs> my phone was not safe um anyways all right, guys, that's it for this week then. We're going to go ahead and wrap things up. But as always, we will drop this offer on you. Just go to our website, mastercomputing.com slash discovery. Book a 10-minute call with me, Justin Shelley. And, you know, I'm just going to take you through a few questions and find out how secure your network really is. Uh, let me find out. Don't wait for the bad guys to find out. That's all I got for you. See you next week. All right, take care.